Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in. What's right with Nick Wright? Episode 93. Live on YouTube right now on this Thursday morning. One of you YouTube viewers today is going to be our 9 millionth viewer. Our videos on a whole are just a few thousand short of 9 million views. So someone watching this very show will be our 9 millionth viewer. Hopefully someone watching this show will be our 85,000th subscriber. We are a little behind the pace. We need 15,000 more subscribers to get to 100,000 by, we're going to push, we've been saying New Year's, by the end of the NFL regular season. That gives us another, an extra week. We're going to try to get there. I know we're getting there eventually, but for DeMonze to get the $1,000 cash bonus, we need to be there by the end of the NFL regular season. So tell your friends about the show. Also, before we get to what's actually on the show, so I I feel a little angst right now, a little parental angst, because I gave DeMonze a very hard time a few weeks ago about not having his AirPods for the show. He got upset with me, thought I was a little harsh on him. I thought I was totally reasonable. Today, en route to the show, he double-checked to make sure he had his AirPods in the Uber, and he had them. Now, maybe this whole thing's a ruse. Maybe I've been taken for a ride. He's faking the angst, faking the anger. He just forgot them again. I don't <laughs> think that's the case. I think because... I was so mad a few weeks ago. He then double-checked, made sure he had them. After taking them out of his bag, making sure he had them, he then left them in the Uber. And I'm not upset about this at all. Demonze, on the other hand, is beside himself. He is so upset because he just bought them, and it's not even about not having them for the show. It's about the fact that it's like lighting money on fire. (laughs) So, in service to the quality of the show... I have something to show to Monze. Oh, this there you go. So I bought you. I bought some new AirPods. Man, we picking them up. You seem like a freaking little torp or something. No, I'm not making <laughs> you seem like anything. You didn't Thanks, ask me for that. You were going to get them. Pops. I happen to, in the current situation, make a little bit more money than you. <laughs> I don't mind doing it. I also have to buy your sister a new Apple pencil, not because she lost it, but because hers broke. So I'm with two birds, one stone. I'm going to pick those up after the TV show today. So you'll be made whole. You'll now feel great about today's show. We're going to do awesome. Uh, By the way, participate in the chat uh, to ask us questions or to post comments. We will get to them at the end of the show. We also have book club at the end of today's show. But first, here is what missed the cut for today's show. Sepp Blatter saying the World Cup in Qatar was a mistake. You don't say, Sepp. Who could have seen that coming? Matt Stafford in concussion protocol and DeMonze, future senator. So on Monday's show, I gave DeMonze a hard time for being really dedicated to the hoodie and shorts look. He did not take that critique lightly. He said, oh, not everyone always wears all the matching sweatsuits. It's a very common, very popular look. It is. John Fetterman. Six foot nine inch United States senator from Pennsylvania rocks this look at almost all times. So you now have 
representation in the U.S. Senate. That man prevented Dr. Oz from becoming a U.S. Senator. Shout out John Fetterman. Shout out the people of Pennsylvania. Shout out DeMonze for having a little support on the shorts and hoodie look. Now, DeMonze, let's get to the show. All right, the biggest story in the NFL may quietly be brewing in Buffalo with Josh Allen dealing with an elbow injury. Not only an elbow injury, but his elbow injury on his throwing arm. Yeah. The Bills the have more a big match. Elbow. Yeah. The big Bills have a big matchup facing the 7-1 Vikings this week. And without Allen, the Bills would have Case Keenum at quarterback against his former team. Is the whole NFL about to flip on its head? And are we betting Dolphins plus 500 or Jets plus 2,000 to win the AFC East? Well... I'm not ready to bet on either one of those two teams to win the AFC East. Yeah. It is an interesting, you can there, if the Dolphins are plus 500 and the Jets are plus 2,000, so then it's, you combine them and it'd be 25 to 2. The plus 500 odds, the, you could put, you, you understand what I mean? Like 2,000 plus 2,000 plus 500 and then you'd make two bets. You could get 25 to 2, which is, it, you could get 12 and a half to one on those two teams to win. You know what? So let me give you a better example on it. If you put a hundred bucks on the Jets to win the AFC East and you put 400 bucks on the Dolphins to win the AFC East, that wouldn't actually be. Are you be saying like you would have break? Well, you could make it to where you, you could make it to where on either bet, you, you, if you want to win 2,000 bucks, fading the Bills. You could combine the two, right? And so, and it wouldn't actually be the 12 and a half to one. Math was wrong, obviously. My apologies there. But you could risk a total of $500 to guarantee a return of $2,000. That's only four to one. If you really believe the Dolphins or the Jets are going to win the AFCs, you cover both your bases there. I'm not ready to go there. I am ready to say this, however. Vegas does not think Josh Allen's playing. This game was eight and a half, nine points. As we're doing this show right now, it's three and a half points. And I think it's, it's just moving down. Josh did not practice on Wednesday. The Bills, for all of their alleged seriousness about winning a championship, have not, they, they've scored 25 touchdowns on offense this year. 23 of them have been by Josh Allen. They do not have what you would call a well-balanced attack. Now, you might say, Nick, no team can deal with losing their quarterback. I don't know. The Chiefs lost Mahomes for two and a half weeks the year they won the Super Bowl. And their backup quarterback came in and uh, beat the Vikings, played a tough game. I think it was against the Packers. They finished the game against the Broncos. They went 2-1 and one in the stretch without Mahomes. It helped them get a top-two seed, helped home field go through Kansas City. Case Keenum's a viable backup quarterback. Case Keenum's won playoff has won a playoff game in this league. Case Keenum's played in an NFC Championship game. With all that said, the reason this is this makes the Jets' loss even more devastating because you don't have a margin of error if you're Buffalo. And what you can't have if you're the Buffalo Bills is for the second straight year. You go to Arrowhead in the regular season. You beat the Chiefs. You get a game up in the standings and get the tiebreaker. And then yet somehow, when the playoffs roll around, you don't have home field. The, the, the Bills, I believe, to have any shot to beat the Chiefs in the postseason, need that game to be in Buffalo. Because for as great as the Chiefs have been for the last five years, they have not played a single road playoff game. That's a testament to how great they've been, but it also does mean, while I don't question it, it is an unknown of how Mahomes and the Chiefs offense would function in a loud road playoff environment. You add to the fact that while Kansas City weather in January ain't great, Buffalo weather in January is horrifying. And a bad weather football game, you would think, would, well, would favor a team whose both teams' quarterbacks can run but the Chiefs quarterback, the Bills quarterback is so big and strong, you would think that favors him a bit, right? Speaking of him running, however, this is where this really has a long tail on impacting the season. Let's say Josh just miss, misses one week. 
And I understand he did not hurt this elbow running the football. The Bills have not developed a run game. Their run game is Josh Allen. If he's already banged up on his throwing arm, his throwing elbow, are the Bills going to feel comfortable calling those designed quarterback runs and the it, those designed quarterback runs and going to they have to lean on a running game that does not really exist. That to me is problematic for them. So there are a lot of red flags for the Bills, who I again they're a very good team, but I cautioned everyone they're being crowned a little too early. A Josh Allen injury obviously is the worst case scenario for them. It looks like they're dealing with it right now. So, all right, we can move on to Jeff Saturday. All right, right after our show ended Monday, Colts head coach Frank Reich was fired. Later that day, owner Jim Ursay made the wildest move in recent NFL history, and that being he hired analyst and former Colts center, center Jeff Saturday as their interim head coach. Rumors are swirling Saturday, Saturday may add Dan Orlovsky to his staff. Two questions. How do you not take the Raiders minus six at home against Indy? And if you were in Saturday's position, which one of your media colleagues would you hire as your staff? Oh, all right. That's, that last question is interesting. So I am taking gambling show tomorrow. I am taking the Raiders. The I, I just feel like it's a must bet that the Colts had the worst offense in the NFL by any team this season. The worst offensive game anyone's played, it, in my opinion, and in some statistical opinion, was the game last week against the Patriots, right? That they that was after they fired their offensive coordinator. They've now fired their offensive-minded head coach and play caller. They're now having some 30-year-old call plays, uh, and Jeff Saturday is the head coach. So I do love the Raiders this weekend. I the Maybe Saturday will be great, but he also, as far as experience goes, is none. <laughs> Excuse me. And I'm going to go further. Deion Sanders. The great Deion Sanders, one of the greatest players ever, two years ago, was hired to be the head coach at Jackson State, an FCS college with no coaching experience outside of high school. And they criticized that move. How do you hire him? How do you skips all the steps? He's not going to have the experience. He's not going to know what it takes. <clears throat> that was one of the greatest players ever in small division college football. You're now taking a good player who hasn't coached at any level and putting him as the head coach of an NFL team. It is one of the most ridiculous and indefensible coaching hires in sports history. That is not in debate. Now, that does that mean he definitely will fail? No. But it is... It's insulting to, obviously, to minority candidates that can't get a look, even if they've been coordinators and for 15 years. It's insulting to guys of any race who have been trying to grind their way up in the coaching profession, and it's insulting to the players on the Colts, okay? Now to the more interesting part. Who would I hire? So if I were the head coach of an NFL team, I would hire. Bill Barnwell to run my analytics department without any question at all. Run my analytics and he would be on the front office side of things. <clears throat> and I guess I actually, I don't know if he would run my analytics department. Barnwell would run, he would be, he, no, you couldn't make any trades or sign any contracts without running them by Barnwell and the value that you have to give up. I think he's brilliant at that. Uh, my analytics department, I obviously would run, but I would bring in, uh, I would consider trying to bring in Ben Baldwin, who is on Twitter at, or on, at Computer Cowboy. He has some good, I, I like his fourth down bot he built. I like that. He would be my guy up in the booth. It's a bot. He built a computer program that automatically says, kick, punt, go for it. And does it for every game. And he, the, I, I, I trust his methodology. I would hire Mangini to run my defense. 
I, I think Mangini is gotten uh, short shrift on what he did in the NFL, and I think he's actually pretty. I, I mean, he's still really locked in and tied in any other media colleagues. I wouldn't hire Orlovsky, not because I don't respect him, but I don't think Orlovsky likes me. Orlovsky's on the list of guys that I think doesn't respect me. I don't have any evidence of that. It's just my gut respect feeling. Respect and like her. Um, yeah, well, it's hard to... You can like someone... And not respect them? No, I... You can respect someone and not like them. It's very hard to like someone if you don't respect them. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, and I don't know why. I just... Uh, now, I also... Who did I think that about? Oh, I did a podcast with Ethan Strauss, and I told him I didn't think he liked or respected me. He told me I was wrong. So maybe it's my own self-consciousness. Uh, I'm trying to think, is there anyone else I'd be like, oh, I got to get him. No, I think it'd be Mangini for the defense, Barnwell for the front office, and Ben Baldwin for the analytics department. And I'll oversee everything else. The I Can I tell you something? I couldn't design offenses, but I could call plays. Like, I couldn't, someone else would have to design the plays. But you don't play Madden for 25 years and not know how to call some plays. All right, uh, by the way, poll question, 50-50. Would DeMonze be a better head coach than Jeff Saturday? Take that. All right, Nick. All right, Seahawks head coach Pete Carroll gave a big shout-out to his quarterback for wearing a wristband. Yeah. He said the communication between him and Geno is much better and more efficient than it was before. Shade thrown at Russ. Uh, well, Russ didn't like that and came back and said that he won a lot of games in Seattle without wearing a wristband. Are Seahawks the first team in NFL history to be winning out of spite? Like, okay, so a couple things. One is we recognize DeMonte's mic has a bit of an echo. We'll make sure we fix that during the break, but bear with us here. Uh, here is what I find so intriguing about the Seahawks. And, first, Geno's one of the best stories in the league. It's great. Um... And yeah, sorry. I mean, I feel badly. I just, yeah, you're not even supposed to laugh. You, we know your mic's an issue, so he's got to be quiet for a minute. Not your fault. Uh, Gino's an unbelievable story. What I find so fascinating is this team seemingly to a man really, really disliked Russ. Pete Carroll had no reason to take this shot at Russ. It was, no one was asking about Russ. No one was asking about the past. They were just praising Gino, and he couldn't help himself but to throw it in. So here's my theory. So we know why the defensive players didn't like Russ. Set the corniness aside. They felt he got too much credit for their greatness. That the team was built on the Legion of Boom and a great defense, and Russ got the glory, and they felt that that all manifested itself ultimately at the worst moment possible, when instead of running the ball and having Marshawn Lynch, who was not a defensive player, but was more in that clique, if you will, with Sherman and Thomas and those guys, they called a pass play for Russ so he could be Super Bowl MVP, and they end up losing the Super Bowl. Russ throws a pick. So we know where that came from, and we know where it all, you know, came to a head, right? Where I think Pete Carroll, who clearly has a sour taste in his mouth about Russ, despite the fact that Pete Carroll was a losing coach in the NFL, it, it then got Russ, went to Russ, they won a Super Bowl, they had massive success. Where I think Pete's bitterness comes from is, I think Pete feels like, I chose you over the defensive guys. We paid you. We traded those guys away. I, I, you wanted me to hire Shane Waldron. I hired Shane Waldron. We put the team in your hands. We did all of those things. I cost myself these other relationships. And then you demanded out. I did all of these things in service to you. And then you demanded out. And I get that. I get that not, it's not a marriage, but to use a messy metaphor, if no matter how much great history you have with somebody, if all of a sudden they're like, I don't like your friends, 
I don't like who you're hanging out with. I don't like what your, you know, your hobbies. And you cut all those things off in service of your significant other. And then your significant other is still like, I'm out anyway. You'd be extra upset. It's like, I made all these sacrifices for you, for us. And then you bounced. I, so I think that's where it comes from with Pete Carroll. And I understand it. All right. Quickly ask the Nets question. All right. The Nets are locked in on interim head coach Jack, Jack, Jack Vaughn to be their to, to be their coach through 2024. By the way, he didn't say jockey. He said Jack. That was the echo. That was that was the echo. Go ahead. John Mark said that he is the, the was a clear cut choice despite the email Doka rumors. Reports say strong voices in the league push Joe's side to pass on Adoka. Now Vaughn is stepping stepping right into an unprecedented Kyrie situation. The Nets crushed the Knicks last night. Do you think they finally took a step in the right direction? Okay. So the Nets just don't know what they're doing. The, the, the idea that you would be steeped in all this controversy and then leak to everyone in the world you're hiring Udoka without being certain you're hiring him is baffling. It is a wild decision. Just a wild. So that's that's Sean Marks and management not knowing what they're doing. Now Jacques Vaughn. Jacques Vaughn was the coach of the Magic for three years. The fourth worst winning percentage in NBA history. Okay? It's Sidney Lowe, Tim Floyd, Kurt Rambis, Jacques Vaughn for guys who got at least 200 games. However, with the Nets, he's been good. Now, he's been there for six years. He was the interim after Katie and Kyrie pushed out Kenny Atkinson, did well with them in the bubble. They get to the playoffs, but they decided not to hire him. They go with the Katie and Kyrie want Nash, so they go with Nash instead, right? Now he's there. They do look better, and they're going with him. The concerns are he knows and everyone knows he wasn't the first choice. That's not, you know what I mean? He said it. He said it at his press conference. He was like, listen, I don't know what was my wife's first choice. We've been together 20 years. I mean, he said it. What's most notable to me is it's hard to separate the Nets seemingly turning a corner. They played the best game last night they played in two years. I understand they're playing the Knicks, but that's not what... The Nets were allowing 116 points per game. Under Vaughn, they're allowing 90. Okay? They... they but it is hard to separate. Is this a Jacques Vaughn thing? Or is this a Kyrie not there thing? Without Kyrie, they're 3-1. and Devin's been excellent. KD played his best game of the season last night. Had an easy 29-point double, triple-double. And I do not believe Kyrie contributes to winning basketball. I do not believe he makes them better. And I do not believe that when he finally, you know, if he gets unsuspended, they are better with him than without him. Also, at the game last night, and you've got, there is the, but let me put it like this. Giant group of guys all over the entrances to the stadium with megaphones passing out literature who seem to like that movie that Kyrie promoted even more than a hell of a lot more than Kyrie did the the I posted it on Twitter but the the headline of the flyer that they were hang, handing out in front of Barclays uh center is the truth about anti-semitism and then long passages so, and if you want to read it, you can check on my Twitter. So that, when Kyrie says, you know, I'm not, you know, you guys act like I have some big platform. Ky the, Kyrie's tweet and the ensuing controversy has now brought that to the Nets doorstep. You then add to the fact, I don't think he helps them on the court. And I think Jacques Vaughn is about to deal with a, and Sean Marks, a very difficult situation because all of a sudden the Nets look like a real basketball team and they can play real defense and that's without Ben Simmons doing anything and Durant looks happy and it is a very tricky situation for Jacques Vaughn who's now finally getting his second chance as an NBA head coach. 
So there's that. With all that said, the Nets are in far better shape than the Lakers, who are an unmitigated disaster. We discuss them and play a game next. What's right? Warmer, sunnier days are approaching, so fuel up for them with Factors, no prep, no mess meals. Factor will help you meet your wellness goals just in time for summer, thanks to a vast menu of chef-crafted, never-frozen meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. These fresh meals are ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Variety? They have that. Factor has 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. Working on wellness goals? Factor has you covered with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust. How do they taste? They're delicious. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious, and delicious options. What about quality? Each Factor meal is restaurant quality with premium ingredients like filet mignon, blackened salmon, and shrimp. So start spending less time in the kitchen now because you don't have to shop, prep, cook, or clean up. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. What are you waiting for? Head to factormeals.com slash nickwright50 and use code nickwright50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code nickwright50 at factormeals.com slash nickwright50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. All right, welcome back in episode 93, What's Right with Nick Wright. Uh, we will get to a game in a moment. But first, Demonze, we need to talk a little bit about the Lakers. Talk about your Lakers, man. Yeah. They are now 2-9. and nine. Mm-hmm. Lost to the Clippers by 13 without the quiet one. Mm-hmm. What's going on? Okay, and LeBron got hurt. LeBron. So LeBron, we don't know if it's a groin or what it is. Or if he just doesn't want to play with these guys. No, no, no. I mean, he clearly injured himself last night. I mean, they took him out of the game. And so, yes, listen. LeBron for the first 16 years of his career, was the most indestructible athlete in the history of basketball. I mean, I I watched him suffer a high ankle sprain, tighten his shoelaces up, and just go finish. We we He never missed time with injuries, despite playing super high minutes, a super physical style. Then in year 17, uh, against the Warriors on Christmas, his first year with the Lakers, he tore his groin. You're, uh, wait, was that, hold on. This is, is this his fifth year? Hold on. This is year 20. Oh, so I guess it was, I'm sorry. Year 16, he tore his groin. Year 17, they won the title. He was healthy. Year 18, Solomon Hill somersaulted into his ankle. He was injured all year. Last year, he was mostly healthy until the end of the year. This year 19. Now it's year 20. He was dealing with a foot injury. Now dealing with a leg injury. This is what happens. He's played the most minutes of any player in the history of the sport, playoffs and regular season combined, or he's second to Kareem on that. He's in year 20. He's the third oldest guy in the whole league, and he's playing these types of minutes. The only guys older than him are Iguodala and Haslam, who Haslam doesn't play at all, and and Iguodala (laughs) barely plays. So it's sad, but this is inevitable. That is not the biggest problem with the Lakers. So So they're playing the Clippers last night, right? The Clippers did not have Kawhi Leonard. Yet the Clippers somehow, despite not having Kawhi Leonard all year long, are a competent organization. They didn't have Kawhi Leonard all last year. Won 42 games. They're still a legitimate NBA team without Kawhi Leonard. You know why? This is going in the opposite. Because Lawrence Frank, has built out a real NBA roster. You have the Stars. They did what the Lakers did. Traded all their assets for Paul George like the Lakers did with LeBron. Now, they didn't win a title. And I, the, I'm i not... The, the Lakers won that title. LeBron was unbelievable. Anthony Davis was great in the bubble. That's fine. But what Rob Blink has done with this Lakers roster post-winning the title. It honestly would have been better to spin a god dog wheel. 
It, it, it was, if you were intentionally trying to build the worst basketball teams possible, but you have to have LeBron James and Anthony Davis on the team. You could not do worse than Palinka's done the last two years. Like Deanna mixing up all those little... What? Little, Deanna mixing up all those ingredients, like make oh, slime and stuff. Oh, absolutely right. So <laughs> the, let me give you another team, not just the Clippers. Something else interesting happened yesterday. The Milwaukee Bucks played. The Milwaukee Bucks did not have Chris Middleton. They haven't had him all year. In this game, they didn't have Drew Holiday. And Giannis took the night off. No Giannis, no Holiday, no Middleton. They won. They beat the Thunder. I understand Thunder are a bad team. Beat them in overtime. You know why? Because they have legitimate NBA roster. Yeah. They, they have built a real team. Yeah. And it is unfair. Fathomable to me. So I've had a couple like people come in the messages telling mm -hmm. me uh, a couple of fans of the show saying that Rajon Rondo has always been like the clear fix for the Lakers. Do you buy into that? No, all? he's too old at this point. But I do buy into that Anthony Davis's offense has fallen off a cliff. Yeah, it, and they don't have a point guard. He also was saying that he's mad that he's playing. I mean, he didn't say he's mad, but he said that he's uncomfortable playing the five. He is, but but fuck up, buddy. Uh, but regardless. That Those should be the issues in the margins. The Lakers have done such a horrific job that trading Anthony Davis is now on the board. Yeah. The, the, and I said before the year that their whole plan of, oh, we're going to keep Russ and make it work. When their plan was never to make it work with Russ. The plan was wait and see if a trade better than Turner and Heald comes around for Russ and those picks. And I said, on this show and on the TV show, better be careful because with that opening schedule, you could be two and eight after 10 games and the season's basically over. Now it's 11 games. They're two and nine. In NBA history, teams to start two and nine. Only, I saw this yesterday. I wish I marked it. Less than 10% have finished above 500. Above 500, only four have made the playoffs and only one has won a playoff series. NBA history, teams starting two and nine. So they're totally ruined. They might end up trading Anthony Davis. And now I'm going to give you the one bright side, okay? I do think. Now the Nets right now are playing... Well, I when Kyrie comes back, I don't know how sustainable all that is, okay? I do think there is at least a conversation if the Lakers call the Nets and say, listen, Katie's unhappy. He wanted out. The Ben Simmons contract is a disaster with three and a half years left on it. You also don't have picks. We will give you Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook's expiring contract plus our two picks in 27 and 29 for Kyrie. No. Oh, KD. For KD and Ben. And then... Kyrie walks in the offseason. Russ's contract expires. You have Anthony Davis. You have built back up some of your draft capital. And all of a sudden, you're in New York City with Anthony Davis and max salary cap space. And that's how you're going to rebuild. AD's 29. Five years younger than KD. You're not winning anything this year. I would. I don't think they would do AD and two picks for Kevin Durant. I don't think the Nets would do that, okay? I think if you, however, if you gave them a way to get out of Ben Simmons' deal, which is be like, oh, why would they want Russ? Well, Russ actually coming off the bench playing a little bit better, but that doesn't matter. What you would want is the, the fact that Russ's contract expires. Kyrie's contract is expiring after this year. You would just have Anthony Davis. Yeah, you, Joe Harris is on a bad deal, but that's the only bad contract you'd have. And you'd have max cap space. Cap's going to go up soon. 
you're in New York City, you're more you're like that that's their path forward. That's the Lakers only save and it wouldn't even save this year. By the time that happens, this year's already going to be done. So that's the one silver lining, but I don't trust Rob Belinka to do that. Rob Belinka's and the, and Lakers ownership for continuing to empower Palinka because he was Kobe's agent and they have such loyalty there is insane to me. All right, let's play a game. All right, it's time for a game. It's all in or fold. Yep. First one we got here is OBJ listed Dallas as a potential landing spot in Jerry Jones, Mike McCarthy, and Ezekiel Elliott all said they want him. All in or fold, OBJ is, missing a, is the missing piece for Dallas. Okay. I'd really rather I I'd, I'd really rather not do either one of these because I kind of believe in it. I don't want to fold, but I certainly don't want to go all in saying he's the missing piece, but I will. I'll say all so I'm going to describe a team to you. A defensive player of the year, Hall of Fame caliber front seven defensive player. An all pro caliber corner. Uh a good wide receiving core already. A quarterback who has put up great numbers in the regular season but has no postseason success. I just described to you this year's Dallas Cowboys and last year's Los Angeles Rams. What did the Rams do around this time last year? Added Odell Beckham Jr. He was the missing piece. In a wide-open NFC, did the Cowboys have a lot of similarities there? Would it make a lot of sense? Would he work? If he's, I, the, my concern with Odell is he's had too many injuries. And when he comes back, he's not going to be the guy he was last year for the Rams, who was sensational Playing in the safe. playoffs. If he is that guy, the guy he was in the playoffs last year, then I think this is a no-brainer for Dallas. And Green Bay's off the board now because they stink. The Rams, to me, are off the board now because they stink. The Niners it, it, don't need him. They have too many other weapons. The Bucks aren't very good and they wide receivers the one spot they got plenty of guys at. Right. I don't I never thought Buffalo was a realistic spot for Odell and they have plenty of receivers. The Chiefs just added their receiver. You know what? I, so, to me it's if if Odell's going to play this year, it is either with Dallas or with the Giants in a reunion. Seahawks. Seahawks have Lockett and Metcalf and the Seahawks yeah. aren't really like a blue chip franchise. Like Marquee, like new, go back to New York or go to Dallas. That's what I see Odell doing next. Does Green Bay beat Dallas this week? Also, no, 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 no. Green Bay does not beat Dallas. I think Dallas crushes. That's what I think. Uh, and by the way, the poll, uh, the the people in the poll say yes. Sixty percent say Odell should sign with Dallas. All right, next. All right, Milwaukee finally fell for the first time this season, but got back on track in double OT and their double OT win versus the Thunder without Giannis. They're looking like the best team in basketball and they're still missing Chris Middleton. All in or fold, the the Bucks will win 65 games. 65's tough. And the team, if you win 65 or more, historically, you are an overwhelming title favorite. Now, the Rockets won 65 a few years ago, lost the Warriors in the Conference Finals. It's not a sure thing. But 60, once you get 65-plus, you are in the historically, you know, best regular season teams ever category, right? Right. Yeah, I think they're winning 65 games. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely... I mean, they're clearly the best team. (laughs) Yeah. And Giannis has been great, but it's not even like Giannis has been unbelievable. You know what I mean? The... Giannis is so clearly the best player in the league. It's because of what he does on both ends. It's not even a discussion. No one can argue otherwise. Uh, I mean, the Bucs, they've built a real team. Now, I don't love the fact that Grayson Allen gets minutes for them, but that is really picking nits. That is an excellent team that should be the two-time defending champs. We should be talking about a Bucs dynasty. If Middleton didn't get hurt, they would have worked the Warriors. In, and by the way, the Warriors... You would have had to work somebody else to get to the Warriors. What do you mean? Who? What are you talking about? You said they would have worked the Warriors. Yeah, in the finals. You're talking about the Celtics? Yeah. But they played the Celtics, yeah. and they lost in seven games without saying. Middleton. They would have had to work them. Okay, but they would have. Get there. They, they, okay, th- listen. 
I understand that. I believe they would have won that series with Middleton. I think you believe they would have won that series with Middleton. By the way, it's not in today's show. I just want to get on the record again because I did it on TV. I want to do it here. Folks are underrating that the Warriors might be in real, real trouble. Oh, yeah. They're four and seven. Their last win Steph, it was against the Kings by three. Steph had to go 47, eight and eight, and they had to get very lucky calls down the stretch. Shockingly, so what is disappointing for the Warriors and they didn't see coming was that the none of the young guys seemingly have improved and Wiseman's going in the other direction. What should not surprise them at all is the vibes might be off after Draymond slugged Jordan Poole. All right, next. All right, your other son, Luka Doncic, started his season only trailing Wilt Chamberlain for most 30-point games to start start a season. Yeah. His streak ended last night, but he leads his team in points, assists, rebounds, and steals. All in or fold, Luka is greater than Wilt. Okay, well, no, we got to fold on that. <laughs> Luka's not greater than Wilt, but do you think Luka's the second-best player in the league? So let me, give you the, let me just give you the possible names. Guys who are in the discussion, okay? And I'll give you, I'll, I'll give it. A, do you think he's better than yeah, Tatum? I'm going to go in reverse order. Oh, okay. Do you think he's better than Tatum? Yeah, possibly. I, th- I think that one's kind of neck and neck, and, and maybe Luka gets the advantage. Okay, so, you, so I know that hurts you, but yes, do you think he's better than Tatum? Do you think he's better than Jokic? Yeah. Me too. Do you think he's better than Steph? I don't know. Their defenses are both. Right. You call him call him a wash on defense. Who's the yeah. better offensive player, Luca or Steph? Uh, Luca. I mean, he controls I, the ball. Yep. Yeah. So, okay. Do you think he's better than Ja? Yeah, he's got to be. I do, I, do you think he's better than Durant? I don't know. Whenever I think of Luca, I'm comparing these guys. Like, he's able to go down there, control the ball, dish it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all, in, I, all around. Yeah. It's just Giannis. Yeah. He's the second best player in the league. He's, I mean, the, you and I, two weeks ago, saw him in person. Yeah. And. Total control. Total. Con- it is LeBron esque. Just total control over everything on the court, on the offensive end. And I know everyone kills him for the usage. Like, oh, you can't win a title with one guy dominating the ball. Like, there's all this stuff. He's never he play like that to where it, it, it runs him down. Well, and it I, that's not a criticism, in my opinion, until we see him do that at the expense of a good player. He's never had an all-star teammate. He's never had a, a guy. The only teammate he's ever had to make an all-star team was his rookie year, which was Dirk's final year. Dirk got an honorary all-star spot because it's his 20th year in the league, but he was not an all-star player. Now, we were talking Lakers earlier. It, it what is interesting is this: there, are, as great as Luca is, he is not a perfect fit with everybody. Okay, so like he's not available. But let's say the Mavs could get Dame. That's not really a perfect fit, right? The there there are the, you now. Do I think Tatum would be a great fit? Of course, because Tatum is a two way player. Doesn't have to have the ball in his hands the whole time. Tatum's not available, right? You've got to find the right type of star to pair with him. Anthony Davis to the Mavs. That is exactly right. Now, the Mavs don't have the... It'd have to be a weird three-team trade, but that is the perfect player in the league for Luka because AD doesn't really want the ball a ton. He is a defensive force. He can still stretch the floor a bit. It's perfect. That is the... That is... So, which is why, by the way, who's the guy Luca plays the best with? Or uh, Luca plays the most like LeBron. LeBron and AD. You know, they won a title the first year together. Like the guy the Mavs should want, like be thinking about targeting five years from now is Evan Mobley. Evan Mobley, the center for the or power forward slash center for the Cavs. He's like a Kevin Garnett clone type of guy. That's the if you could bring a guy from history to pair with Luca. My number one pick might be Garnett because Garnett doesn't need the ball, is an unbelievable uh, defensive player, one of the best ever, and can the and can also score efficiently. So it is a tough one, and I don't know how the Mavs are going to get the guy, but it's not like Luke is freezing out great players. All right, next. All right, we've now discussed this twice, but let's get an official prediction. 
all in or fold, the Lakers will trade AD this year. I fold. I don't think they will. I think there's an argument they should, but I don't think they will. The Because they're bad. They just don't know what they're doing. They just don't know what they're doing. All right, next. All right, you had a tweet Tuesday night shouting out Colorado. I think we might show the tweet up here. Oh, yeah. The, Colorado legalized psychedelics. I thought that happened a while ago. They might have decriminalized it. They legalized it. They legalized it. Like you can, you can get caught with it. In a, no, that's de- decriminalized is you get caught with it and you don't go to jail. Legalized is you can go to the store and buy them. Right. The, yeah, I, I thought that was going on, for uh, a while, but I could be. Uh, so go. I, I wrote, I know literally 100% Denver sports fans hate me and I'm not welcome there, but y'all do government right and your state is beautiful. Can I ma- visit maybe Boulder at least? Go ahead. Read off quote. Yeah. All in her full. <laughs> Colorado is the best state in the country. All right. I'm not ready to call it the best state in the country. However, it is, over the last decade, the way, in my opinion, for my, listen, I'm not going to talk politics here, but I will reveal mine to a degree. The way Florida has plummeted on the places I could live list, (laughs) and Colorado has skyrocketed. You then add to it, if you're concerned about climate change the way I am, Colorado seems relatively immune to it. There's not like, not going to be earthquakes. That's not a climate change thing. Not going to have to worry about sea level there. The, did I, I love the politics. It's beautiful. You get all four seasons. You have an NBA team. Really sucks that Broncos and Nuggets fans hate me so much. (laughs) It really sucks. Um, I think they, they're in the process of potentially voting Bobert out. That's the one that I showed you the, the really close one, 64 votes, Yeah, 300,000 votes cast. It is as of this moment, a 64 vote differential. Um, so yeah, I mean, Colorado is a great place when the pandemic was when New York, when we were like locked in our house and it was just ambulance sirens and they had a, you know, a, a makeshift morgue in Central Park, and I thought things were really, really going to go left. Oh, at the beginning of the pandemic, you weren't here. You were in Kansas City. Yeah. No, no I mean, there it was, was... It was, must have been really sad out here, but... It was I was A makeshift morgue, what do you mean? I mean, they had to... There were so many dead bodies. They had to, they had to do a makeshift morgue in Central Park. They brought a Navy ship and put it off where by where Chelsea Piers is as a makeshift morgue. And there's just too many. New York in the very beginning, it was awful, awful. And I didn't know what was going to happen with the world. I'm not a doomsday prepper, but was I looking at ranches in, in, in Colorado, like places that had their own water and like little underground bunkers? I was. Partially. But a lot, of, a lot of people were. A lot of people were because they were expensive. Yeah. But is it like on the board, Demonze? That the next, with uh, you know, fingers crossed, uh, assuming I get one, that with the next time I get a big lump sum of money, a TV contract or something, that I just buy on speculation like 10 acres somewhere outside of Denver just to own, just like as a worst case scenario, like Amen. whole family is holes up there. Yeah, I like I like Colorado. All right. I, I I like its central location. I like its politics. I don't mind the snow. I like Colorado a lot. Uh, I also promised those people that if Bobert loses, I'm going to go on TV and say something nice about Nikola Jokic. So there's that. Hey, we'll answer your questions from the chat. That's next. Plus a book club update. What's right? What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. 
from researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience. Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. All right, welcome back in episode 93, What's Right with Nick Wright. Last week's book club went far too long, and it was because I didn't have my copy of the book, so I didn't have the parts highlighted. There's a couple things I just want to mention. Again, we're up to page 150 in, uh, or is it right past 150? We're up to page 155, chapter 25 in E.H. Gombrich's A Little History of the World. For next week, we are going to, because we only have two more weeks to finish this. So, you know what? Let's make it easy this week. And for next week, we are going to get to chapter 32. We're going to get to page 206. What's so funny? The I read books. <laughs> uh, and this can, because it's a history book, be a little dry. So I'm going to be very quick here. There's just a few things here that I found really interesting. So the beginning of our section this week was really about the Roman Empire, okay? So they talk about Julius Caesar and how much he, you know, he essentially conquered the world. So do you know, have you ever heard the phrase, Demonte, et tu brute, et tu brutus? Mm-hmm. You know, okay. So Julius Caesar was incredibly the most powerful man in the world, kind of the ruler of the world, head of the Roman Empire, and then his Friends and colleagues got sick of the fact that he had so much power and they stabbed him. Uh, and one of the people that stabbed him was Brutus, who was his friend. And famously, historically, he said, et tu, Brute, when he was being stabbed. Because he's like, even you, Brutus. Uh, yeah. So like when a friend betrays you, et tu, et Brute, is like, okay. you know, it's what you would have said to Ope this week. Sorry, should we believe that? <laughs> uh, DeMonte got an argument with a friend of his. Uh, I was very proud, by the way, proud parenting moment. Uh, DeMonte sometimes gets like very loud. And it's a little, con- I, a little concerning. I, yeah, I don't love. I, I'm not the best in, uh, example of this, but I don't love how you control your anger at times. Sometimes it, it, you get to a 12 when maybe it should simmer at an eight. Yeah. However, Domanze was yelling, yelling at a friend of his, but it was because Domanze was trying to fight for righteousness. Yeah, and he was also. I had him in my airpod. He was also screaming at me. I wasn't okay. Just- Right, but he's not my kid. I not my responsibility. Um, <laughs> the but um, but it was Demonte was fighting le- legitimately angry with his friend because he thought his friend was being I don't want to the wrong side of on world. the wrong side of history on something, right. and Demonte was fighting for a righteous cause. So what's interesting? So remember how I, we talked about Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, yeah. of the gods. So the Julian calendar is the one we still use, named after Julius Caesar. He gets a month named after him. July for Julius and his adopted son who took over after him was Augustus. And that's where we get August from. How about that? Also, I don't have a, your mom has all these nicknames for everyone. What do you, I, you, I don't have a nickname for you. I just call you pal. What do you think of the nickname Augustus? <laughs> Augustus. Can I tell you why? So Julius Caesar, that would make me like Julius Caesar. Julius Caesar. He's one of the most powerful men in the world. His adopted son, who took over for him, was Augustus. So I think I might start calling you Augie. Uh, can we make a graphic of that? Uh, then we get to talking about Pontius Pilate and Jesus Christ. It's very fascinating. Also, I I underrated how bad Nero was. I, I might be saying it wrong. Everybody, I've heard of people reference the the ruler Nero about how brutal he was. What I didn't know was he had his own mother murdered and his wife and tutor along with a, num- number, a, a number of their other relations and friends because he lived in a constant fear of an assassination. So he was just like, ah, I don't love you. You scare me, so I'll just have you killed. Uh, the, the book then talks about how that if in the Roman Empire, if you weren't a Christian or a Jew or a close relative of Nero, uh, if you just lived like out in the land, his life was pretty peaceful and pleasant. Uh, and they talk about the journey. What chapter are you at right now? This is page 100 where I'm reading from right there. Uh, and he talks about the Emperor Trajan who built 
Uh, what? What chapter? What chapter? 17. 17. What? That's the chapter that really got me thinking. Oh, yeah? Yeah. About no, what? The fact that they built those coliseums that can hold, like, up to 50,000 people. Mm-hmm. It's just so crazy to think that, like, that that could hold a sporting event now, but it was 2,000 years ago. Like, these guys are really gods. All right. You, you've now tilted me here. What do you mean? So that's a great observation, yeah. and it's a good point. Did you read? Yeah. I've been reading it. I've definitely been keeping up, man. You have no idea what I do in my spare time. Well, that's true. And I <laughs> have you really been reading it? Somewhat. Cliff notes. Cliff's notes yeah. of this book. Mm-hmm. All right, I'll take it. Uh, there's book club for the week. Uh, next week we get to page, I think it's 207. And then the following week we finish it. All right, let's answer some questions from the readers because then we got to go. All right, first question is from Eric O'Malley. He asks, do you ever bet NBA player props? Do you avoid betting on small NBA slates such as the one tonight with only four games? I don't really bet NBA until the postseason or if I'm going to a game. If I go to a game, I'll bet just for some added entertainment. And I'm not uh, I'm not sharp on player props, NFL or NBA. Next. All right, Luke Julian asks, is the Draymond punch affecting the Warriors, or is it more of the lack of bench production? Steph is playing like an MVP, yet they aren't very good. Yeah, I mean, listen, I think the Draymond punch, Pool is has not gotten better. Yeah. Clay he also has like a little chip on the shoulder. Yeah, Clay and Draymond have gotten a little bit worse, as you would expect. Wiseman's been a negative, and Kaminga and Moody aren't doing anything. Like Steph is really having to carry that load. It also, by the way, we all need to come to grips with the fact that I know the Warriors just won the title. And then two years before that, the Lakers won the title. And in the year in between, it looked like the Nets and Durant were going to win the title their first year with Harden. It is in play. In fact, it is overwhelmingly likely that LeBron, Steph, and KD, that, that, that year is done that this is the Giannis, Ja, Luka era that we are in the midst of. Not that that's on its way, that that's where we are right now. Next. Fair assessment. Uh, Justin asks, are you guys going to do something special for episode 100 coming up? Uh, I hadn't thought about that, but yes. Get on that, folks at Blue Duck. I don't know what that means, but let's do something. Go ahead. D. Hill asks, what would you do with Kawhi if you were the GM of the Clippers? What can you do? I don't know. The, the, the Kawhi thing is the most baffling thing in sports right now. Yeah. Did he re-injure his knee? What is happening? He got hurt two seasons ago. Yeah, this is the play where the guy fell on him after he was shooting, right? This is what? Which? What do you mean? From was that two years ago? He, Kawhi was shooting, uh, and he, he, the, somebody was in his landing space. No, no, no. That was that was where Kawhi that got was, his first major that was injury. The first one with the Spurs. The Spurs. Yeah. Okay. No, the the ACL was. He just went up for a jump shot in the playoffs and landed funny. No, he didn't land on anyone. And they said he had a knee sprain, but evidently he tore his ACL. It was two years ago. I don't understand it. Next. All right, Lewis Haynes says, I reign from KC and represent the finest of the city. From peanut wings to margaritas at Los Corrales, to, or Los Corrales, sorry, mm-hmm. to shopping at the River Market. Oh, the River Market. I've been there before. What's your favorite barbecue in Kansas City? Been listening since 96.5. Oh, wow. Been listening. That's Laszlo and Slim yeah. Station. Um, listen, the best barbecue is Jack Stack. But Jack Stack is expensive. You need a reservation. It's, it's you know what I mean, cloth, tablecloths. It's not a real barbecue joint. It's like a fine dining place that serves barbecue. So it's in a separate category. So of the barbecue joints, Arthur Bryant's is far and away my favorite. Arthur Bryant's right next to Negro League Museum down on 18th and Vine. I think it's the best barbecue joint in the country. Joe's is good. All the barbecue in Kansas City is good. It's the best barbecue place in the world. But my favorite is Arthur Bryant's. All right, last. Matt Ford asks, did Nick fall for the fake LeBron trade tweet yesterday? No, by the way, I have not. I don't know if I, it's because I have an updated Twitter. I don't know if it's because I follow the the right people. I haven't seen any fake verified people. Seen a lot. I haven't seen one. Can I tell you one thing that is very cool, though? About the... So you click on the fake verified people, and it says this person is verified because they're a Twitter Blue subscriber. So click there on, is the click distinguishment. On, click on mine. Read that to the audience. Account this information. Account, <laughs> this account is verified because it's, because it's notable in government, news, entertainment, or another designated category. Oh! 
so Twitter, without me even doing anything, was like, oh, no, we got to get leave this guy's check mark, check mark. We can't have fake Nick Wrights out there. Oh, one last note before we leave. Look at this, Demonze. Look at what your, uh, where is it? Look at what your sister did for me uh, yesterday. Did you see this in the family chat? See. Hold on. Oh, oh, I have to sign in. I'm on TikTok now, America. Oh, you have a TikTok account. Get Nick. Get Nick Wright one. Somebody has get Nick Wright. I'm gonna try to get it. But get Nick Wright and the number one. Oh, Augie, look. That's what I'm calling you now. Augie. How do you like it? What do you like more? Oh, okay. So let me just ask you. What would you like more? Augustus? Augie or Gus. Now, keep in mind, my dad's dad, who you never met, his name was Gus. You know, I think Gus. I think Gus. Do you like that I name? I think I like the the Augie and, I mean, Augustus and Gus. I like more than Augie. Yeah, Augie, I don't like either. All right, I'm calling you Gus. And whenever anyone asks me, like, nah, it's this thing between me and my dad. But we'll know. Because <laughs> I'm comparing myself to Julius Caesar. And you, my adopted son and heir, who's going to take over all the lands of my accomplishments. There it is. Episode 93. What's right with Nick Wright and Gus? Talk to you guys tomorrow for the gambling show. What's right? Hey, it's Nick Wright. Thank you so much for watching. Please do us a favor. Click subscribe. It helps my ego. And Demonze's got a financial bonus writing on a number of YouTube subscribers. So help him out. And also, click the bell. I don't know what the bell does, but they tell me to tell you to click the bell. And your audio listeners, people that have commutes, drives, whatever it is, subscribe to the podcast as well, wherever you get the podcast. Same show, just, you know, just in your ears instead of through your eyes. All that. Check it out. Appreciate y'all.